welcome to the Veranda Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Christine Mills. On the Veranda Entrepreneur Podcast, I feature entrepreneurs while I discuss ways you can grow your business today. Step onto the veranda, get a cup of tea, get comfortable, and let's talk shop. Let's do this. Welcome to the Veranda Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Christine Mills. Have you ever seen a romantic, dreamy picnic on Pinterest and you wonder to yourself, how can I recreate that? Then you attempt and you either fail miserably or you add up all of the components of the picnic and you realize it's much more expensive than it looks. Then you say to yourself, there has to be a better way. Well, I found the better way with our guest today, Joanne Mizadu of Lovely Darlings Picnic. She specializes in luxury picnic events. Whether it be a bridal shower, birthday, date night, or wedding proposal, Lovely Darlings does it all. Welcome to the show, Joanne. Thank you so much for having me, Christine. I love this platform for women entrepreneurs, so I'm very excited to be here. I'm very excited you're here, and I, I, I'm particularly excited when I'm meeting with someone who's a creative entrepreneur and mm-hmm. um, who, like, makes lovely events like you do. So I always am interested in knowing a little bit about the person before they created their business. And when I say before, I mean, like, your childhood. So what kind sure. of person were you like as a child? Oh, wow. So I, um, I grew up in Haiti. Um, I have my parents and two siblings. I had a pretty normal childhood, happy childhood. I come from a very big family where I have, like, uncles who live close by, aunts that live close by. So you can imagine all the parties we've been to (laughs) as children with my cousins going from one house to another. Um, There was always – there was never a dull moment, Um, always something to do, always something to celebrate. And my mother – I think is one of the best hostess ever. She is a wonderful hostess when it comes to hosting people staying in her home. She's a wonderful hostess when it comes to parties. So I grew up seeing that, you know, like way before the word luxury was like popular. I feel like (laughs) my mom is the epitome of that. She kind of creates these beautiful moments for people. She makes people feel special. And I think growing up seeing that, it always stayed with me. Um, so yeah, so I, I lived in Haiti most of my life, um, went to school there and a lot of families in Haiti do that where when you finish high school, you, they, they then, you know, send you to the States for you to go to college. So that's the same story for my sister, my brother. Once we finished high school, we moved to the States, um, to go to university. So yeah, so I, I, I've been here for 15 years. I lived in Fort Lauderdale at first. Now I'm in Miami. Um, so yeah, so that's pretty much my, my childhood, like a nice. recap of it. Yeah. That's really nice. And how was it growing up in Haiti? I'm, I'm originally from Jamaica and I didn't grow up in Jamaica. I always am curious about what it's like living and growing up somewhere outside of the United States. I loved it. I mean, it's, it's a tropical country. Um, I loved it. There was, there are very good schools. It's it's not the same now. I mean, obviously, Haiti makes a lot of headlines for a lot of negative things, a lot of tragedies, mm-hmm. unfortunately. But back in the days, like in the 90s and the 80s, it was it's a beautiful country, so rich in culture. Um, like the music, the food, the people are really what's the best part of, of Haiti. Um, 
you know, you have the beaches, beautiful beaches, you have the mountains. So there's a lot to do. There's a lot to do there. Yeah, I, I love that, you know, you're you're sharing a different side of it because there is yeah. a rich culture there, and I hear it's one of the most beautiful islands in the Caribbean um, yeah. because it's very mountainous and you have beautiful beaches and very creative, uh, very creative spirit there in regards to artwork and music. And, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. yes. I mean, if you go to my home, there's, like, artwork everywhere, you know. The yeah. life, it's like a, it, it's, it's different. It's like a, a different lifestyle, a slow-living lifestyle. You know, even the houses, the feel of the homes are different. And, um, like, a lot of outdoor spaces. I remember moving here, and I'm like, oh, my God, every other house looks the same, right? Mm. But in Haiti, every house is different. And the most important thing, like, we, we spend a lot of our times outdoors, yeah. And it's not that I'm talking to you, like, a lot of my special celebrations have been outdoors. Like, my wedding was outdoors. A lot of my parties are outdoors. Because growing up in Haiti, you spend a lot of time outside with your family. We have dinner outside. There's, like, little pockets of areas. You can go sit under a tree. So it's the lifestyle is different. I miss it so much. I'm so glad I got to experience it when things were way better. You know, um, my mom was a housewife, so she was a homemaker and took care of us. And my dad had his, he had his own business. So he was a model for me in that aspect. Um, so, yeah, I, I miss it a lot. I wish, I wish it was, uh, I wish I could go back and still have that same feeling, you know? Right, right. Yeah, um, that, that's the thing with, like, immigration experience is so complicated because you love the yeah. country you're coming from. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you're creating out, you know, you know, you're carving out a new life for yourself in the new country. But at the same time, you're, you know, there's a lot of memories there that um, always tugs at your heart, and um, you kind of recreate what you know here as well. So it, it's definitely a complex situation. Um, oh yeah, yeah always but, feeling nostalgic. Yeah, always feeling nostalgic, hearing certain songs, or mm-hmm. you know, I wish I could take my son there and spend a whole summer, but you know, unfortunately, it's just not safe. To, to do that. Yeah. How would you describe the architecture in um in Haiti? Um it's influenced by it's influenced by the French or the Spanish. We, you know, we were colonized at some point. Like the cuisine, for example, is really influenced by French. Um architecture, it's like a mixture of everything. Like yeah. I it doesn't have a specific era. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically you get your lot and you build whatever house you want, you know? Yeah. yeah. Here, like when I moved to Miami, when I, well, when I was young and I used to come here on vacation, I'm like, oh my God, it's like a bunch of little houses and they're all, not little, but a bunch <laughs> of houses and they're all next to each other in the same size. I wasn't used to that, you know? Like yeah. I'm used to different sizes, different styles, different shapes. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that, that's. And that's one thing I don't like about South Florida, to be honest with you, is that there is, like, a whole slew of planned unit development, and um, I'm really into architecture, so, like, I'm always fascinated with places where you have that free reign of just, like, do you want to do, like, a a classic gold colonial, or do you want to do, like, Spanish architecture? But Mm -hmm. Miami does have certain areas that you may have that liberty but um, yeah. so you're right. Most of Florida is uh, South Florida is mostly like plant unit development. Yep, yep. Yeah. So you were saying that your dad had his own business. 
and he yes. influenced you, and your mother was a homemaker, and she made everyone feel special when yes. she had events and everything. So your entrepreneurial journey, the seeds of it began when you were younger. Um, but when did you come to a point where you're like, I think I'm going to try my hand at uh, creating a business from scratch? Okay, so this there's a lot into that question. So okay. Although my dad had his own business, the the parents there, like my parents were pretty strict, like school comes first, right? So they still expect you to go to university and have, you know, and, and have a certain career, you know, and especially in the Caribbean, a lot of these parents, is, they expect you to become, you know, an engineer or a doctor or a nurse. <clears throat> so the path that I took is not a traditional one. Mm-hmm. Um, even though my dad was like a business owner, so I was expected to finish my four-year degree and, you know, immediately go for my master's and have one of those traditional jobs, right? Um, so I finished school, I get a job, and it's just, I, th- I think from the beginning, I always felt like, okay, there's something, there's something missing, <laughs> you know? Right. I always felt... Like, okay, so I, I started a job, entry level. I'm, I was just so excited to, like, prove myself and start the workforce after I graduated with my bachelor's in business. And I quickly learned that what I had in my head is not what the reality was, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I felt like I, every job I've ever had, I went in with such great work ethic, I've always been a super hard worker, um, and, and and many of them I've gotten promoted. I've even tried, like, corporate jobs. Um, but at, at the end, I always felt a little bit depleted or, like, I they, like, they didn't really recognize my efforts. I feel like a lot of women of color, a lot of black women feel this, where you know, we have to work twice as hard to be recognized. Right. We have to work twice as hard to get the promotion. Um, a lot of the times, you know, you're you're in there for a few years, and then someone else comes in with less experience, with, you know, with a more mediocre background, and somehow they get the promotion, you know. So I feel like that was basically, that was, that happened to me a lot, I felt, in my career, you know. Um, so I feel I, that's, I mean, I, I was always a creative person. So feeling that way, I started thinking, I'm like, oh, my God, like, am I, can I really do this for another five years, ten years? I'm like, oh, my God, I don't think I can. So I really started toying with the idea of, well, you have other skills. You have other passions. What if you were to, like, put all of your energy into nurturing your own thing, right? So I I started planting that seed in my head, like, okay, like, you don't see yourself being in this job in the next 10, 20 years. What do you see yourself doing in the next 10, 20 years? And the answer was always, like, to have your own business, (laughs) you know? Yeah, (laughs) right. So that's how it, it all got started. It's like... Having the voice inside of me tell me this isn't it, what what do you want to do? You know, like I I knew it wouldn't be easy, but I knew that I, I wanted to pursue something. Because a lot of people, they don't pursue passions, you know what I mean? They pursue right. 
they pursue a career, what they went to school for. It's not necessarily a passion. It's it's something they're good at. But with me, I knew early on that I had to pursue something that I'm passionate about versus just doing something I I, I learned in school. That makes perfect sense. I, I yeah. think that there is a part of our career journey and I that we know that, okay, if I study hard, I will get an A or I'll, you know, I'll, I'll pass the class. And if I try really hard, I'll get my foot in the door at that job. But when you're younger, there are certain aspects of it that you don't really plan for. And one is like racial bias. One is you know, racism or just a, you know, a fit that, you know, very subjective ways that people evaluate your performance and that's something that I would say I wasn't prepared for either when I came out of college because I'm like if I do everything I'm supposed to be doing I should get the promotion right and then right. you realize that I you didn't really plan for that side of um, working in corporate America at all that's tough it's tough to yeah. deal with that when you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing and you're not necessarily getting the results because of other issues at play. Yeah, I wasn't good at corporate politics. I, I'm not good yeah. at office politics or I wasn't good at that. And I felt like, you know, when it when those things happened to me and I felt like they were unfair and I'm like, this can't be right. This is unfair. Like, you know, you speak up, you get in trouble. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And I, I, I quickly learned that, you know, you know, just by like thinking, you know, what's it's not going to happen just because you think it's fair. So I quickly learned that, and, you know, there's, like, little microaggressions throughout work. And I've had great experiences, too, in my workplace. And I've been recognized a lot for other, you know, for, for my leadership roles and my management roles. But at the same time, um, there was, like I said, always something inside of me that's like, okay, like, I'm, I'm a creative person. I'm a dreamer. And I would find myself daydreaming a lot while I'm at work. And this is how the business started, Lovely Darling started, by daydreaming and thinking, ooh, I would rather be doing this right now, you know. And, you know, and I don't know how. I just started, like, getting things and buying things and using things I already had. And I would do these picnics for myself because, Visually, I, I'm a visual person. When I'm doing something and it's, it needs to look beautiful, I can't just, like, put, like, a blanket on the floor and then be done. No, I need to add the pillows. I need the basket. I need, it, I need flowers. So while I was working, I would entertain that side of me, that mm-hmm. creative side of me, <clears throat> and, um, and this is what came out of it, you know, it's by listening to that voice and by – not settling, you know. And I love the name of your company, Lovely Darlings. It, it's very, yeah. it's very old-fashioned and chic. <laughs> like it's like Thank Lovely you. Darlings, you know, like very pretty. Just by being part of the company, how did you Thank come you. up with the name? I'm a hopeless romantic, so mm-hmm. I love the word lovely. I love the word darling. I put them mm-hmm. together. The name of the company is actually Lovely Darlings, and then I added the picnic later on um, to, you know, to call it, to make it Lovely Darlings Picnic, but it's really Lovely Darlings. So I just thought of it as it's for all of these super, you know, like people who love romance, 
um, so that it just came about. It just came about. I love it. I love it. I think it's awesome. So when did you? So you're you're working in your job and you're like, you know, playing around with in the creative space in a way, and you're making picnics for yourself, and you're buying really cute um, items. And but when did you start to connect the dots? Like maybe I can make this into a business. Okay, so it's funny. It's like the road to entrepreneurship. It's a very, for me at least, it was a very slow road. Right, it's like nurturing little things here and there. It's like taking a lot of small steps, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm doing this for myself, and I'm like, and when I do them for myself, people are stopping me. Oh my God, what is this? Or oh my God, like, what are you celebrating? Um, I I did this. I did a, a picnic on the beach like 15 years ago, you know, wow. and I had like tables. I had tablecloth. Like I had a lot going on for that picnic. So I just thought to myself, oh, my God, I wonder if people would be interested in me doing this for them, you know. And um, so I kept my full-time job, and it became my side hustle, right? It became my side hustle. When I can, I do it for fun. I take pictures. And it starts with one thing, right? You take your pictures. We open an Instagram page. And then from there, I did a website. And then from there, it's like, it's like it, it was like a slow process of me just adding and adding and adding and working on a lot of things that were just brand new to me, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, there's a lot of people in business and as an entrepreneurs need to really understand that. It is a lonely road at first, okay. All the ideas don't come rushing in. It's not perfect in the beginning, right. <clears throat> it was a side hustle. And I just did them. I just did them anyways. Um, I took pictures anyways. I posted anyways. And then you get that one, like, like that first client, right? Out of nowhere, I get a call. They're like, oh, my God, I saw your Instagram. This was in 2017. And they're like, oh, you know, I would love to do this for my boyfriend's birthday. So I'm like, oh, sure. Okay, great. So the moment you get that first booking, it's so exciting, so from there, I, I did the picnic, I made it beautiful, and then more ideas come about, right? More ideas come about, so then I do another one, and then next thing you know, uh, I think a baseball player had reached out to me. He wanted to propose. Wow. Yeah, oh my gosh. So, yeah, so I did the proposal. So from there, it just kind of like you just start getting a little bit of pace, you know, getting a little bit of peace, you're doing more, you're posting more, you're talking about it more, you have business cards, you're telling friends and family about it. And um, and I just got a few bookings, not even that many. Like my first two years was like, it was more like of a hobby than anything, right? Yeah. And it's after I, it's when I got pregnant and then I knew I wasn't going to go back. I'm like, okay. I'm like, this is it. If you're going to do your own thing, <clears throat> this is the time. And I'm like, you're going to give it your all, put your all of your energy into it, and at least you would have followed your dreams, you know, because I, I think of myself, I used to call myself a multi-passionate creative entrepreneur. And the thing about being creative sometimes, it's like you have a lot of different ideas, mm-hmm. right? I don't know if other creative, like other no, people <laughs> Yeah, you have so many ideas, and you're like, you don't want to pursue, you don't want to seem silly or frivolous, 
by pursuing something so different from what you were doing, you know? So I'm like, okay, well, you know, you're in a, you're, you're this multi-passionate, like, creative person, but stick to one thing, stick to the picnics, do them for couples, do them for proposals, do them for anniversaries, and see where it takes you, right? So I, that's what I did. So I focused on it. I try to get more clients. And then from there on, after, like, right after I gave birth, I waited six months. I did one more posting in my Instagram, and then I was booked almost every weekend after that. Wow. Yeah. And so, it's like, mm-hmm, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. No, it's like when it's meant to be, there's like a flow to it. It's like the universe does conspire to make it happen for you. I had put in the hard work. I believed in what I was doing. Um, I have a lot of experience and background in business already and customer service and high-end customer service. (laughs) So I wanted to apply that to my picnics. And from there on, and I met quite a few good people. They were so impressed with their experience just off of word of mouth I was getting I was getting customers I was getting clients you know and then you fast forward a few more months one of my clients she recommended me to be on NBC6 so I go on NBC6 and I just got more and more and more and more clients and now I was like oh my god this is amazing if I keep up the pace I can definitely do this full time right mm-hmm. and I the business just like doubled on me um by by the when was the pandemic by 2019 2020 2020 by 2020 that's when it was really a full on business with bookings like multiple bookings a week multiple bookings on the weekend and expanding the team so yeah okay i mean you don't have much to unpack there one is that one lesson I took from you is take your time. You know, like, I think that in this day and age, everyone's an entrepreneur, everyone's hustling hard. And I think there's beauty in just kind of easing your way into a business Absolutely. and learning it and taking your time. Because sometimes what happens, people will go in really, really hard and they get so discouraged. And, like, yeah. versus, like, when you take your time, you learn the rules. And especially when society also is not paying your bills, you're just, like, learning, you're playing around with it first, and you're learning, you're, like, experimenting. And then eventually you, you start building and building and building, and before you know it, when you go full-time, you have so many skills under your belt, and you've, you've learned a lot, and then it's, like, a different perspective. But I think that sometimes um, entrepreneur hopefuls or people who are starting out businesses, they want everything to happen instantly, and it's really a marathon and not a sprint. Absolutely. I mean, sometimes the smallest step in the right direction ends up being the biggest step of your life, you know. I think that taking your time and not rushing things or, you know, you won't get results the next day. <laughs> you know, a lot of people, <laughs> they you have to be patient. You have to be patient. And that's what I did. I mean, and if it's something that you're really passionate about, It's not something you're just going to entertain for a few weeks or a few months and then just let it go, you know? So I think I think I did take my time. I did have a great support system, Um, and yeah, from there on, it just it naturally flourished. It nat it naturally like the whole business was able to grow organically and naturally. 
from there. And how, and you said in 2020 it really picked up. How has yeah. the pandemic helped you? It has helped me a lot because back then you couldn't even go to a restaurant, only pickups, right? right? So people were like, oh, my God, I still want to celebrate, but I can't go to a restaurant or they don't want to mm-hmm. do it with a mask on. So that's why it was convenient. You can have a picnic at the beach. There wasn't People weren't even going out that much. So, you know, they would have picnics at the beach or at their house in their backyard or, you know, or at the park. So it really gave them – which that's what the picnics are all about to me. It's like the intimacy of it. There's something about sitting low on the floor that's very intimate. So they were really, really liking that, you know, not going to a crowded restaurant. <clears throat> I'm so sorry. Not going to a crowded restaurant, um, having a beautiful view, and having this whole beautiful setup made just for you. And it was like, People were just sharing it. They're like, oh, my God, this is perfect for social distancing. And this is how I kind of, like, market it, too. I'm like, oh, have a picnic. It's perfect for social distancing. <laughs> and I had, I did quite a few um, picnics that way, you know, with people who really wanted to social distance. Mm-hmm. That, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that people wanted something very creative because the thing is with the picnic, like you said, it's intimate. And mm-hmm. it's perfect for Instagram, right? Like, I mean, it's like, I'm in a beautiful picnic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's the most Instagrammable thing. You know, I every time I do them, oh, my God, this is so cute. Oh, my God, can I take a picture? Like, it's, it's a really Instagrammable thing to do. And some people book the picnic just for their photo shoots, you know? Right. So what challenges have you faced with your entrepreneurial journey so far? Well, quite a few, um, quite a few. I I think in the beginning, not seeing results right away, um, but I, I stay consistent. It's very important to stay consistent, even though you're not seeing big results. Um, I didn't even think in the beginning, I, I was just doing it for two people. And now I do picnics up to 20 people, you know, so now I get, like, much bigger booking. So be patient um, in that aspect. Um, other other challenges is feeling overwhelmed because now that the business is, you know, an operating – it's an operating business, I do have people who work with me now. I do get a lot of inquiries. I get a lot of bookings. As an entrepreneur, you do everything yourself. You know, now I'm starting to delegate a little bit more. I'm like, okay, I don't have to do it all. I don't have to do the social media and do the fitness myself and do, you know, the the inventory, the ordering, and the cleaning of everything. So that was that's my biggest challenge is being a small business owner, right? Um, you do it all yourself. I, I'm used to doing it all by myself from the beginning, <laughs> and now – when it's when it's when you have to scale the business and it becomes a little bit bigger than you anticipate, I am still used to you know being in charge and doing everything myself. So I do get exhausted. Mm-hmm. Um, I get I get tired. I'm like oh my god, like I get overwhelmed with my to do list of everything that I have to do. You know you have to keep posting. You have to keep, you have to answer all the emails. So. Um, that part is what I have to learn to balance. And it's when I feel overwhelmed, ask for help or delegate it to somebody else, you know. 
uh, when I get home, like if I have, if I'm busy throughout the whole weekend, I get home to my two-year-old, I still have to like unpack the car, put everything away and clean them. So maybe what that looks like is me hiring someone to, to take care of that, you know, do the packing up and do the cleaning because, you know, you, you want to, you want to continue to grow the business, um, but you can't do it all on your own. That is my one of my biggest, biggest factors is feeling overwhelmed and tired. But at the same time, I'm grateful, right? I'm very grateful. What I love the most about having my own business is the freedom that it gives me, you know? Mm-hmm. I really, really love the freedom that that it gives me. So I think if you're if you get to a point you know, where you have a lot of responsibilities, you know, you do everything yourself, you know, start seeking help, find someone to do this, manage the social media or hire someone to manage the website or the inquiries and, you know, and um, communicate with the client. So I think that is very important. When you get to a certain point, you have to start delegating. It doesn't have to be just you doing it all. Yeah, definitely. Um, and you're right. It's just like that's when it becomes an entity in itself. Like when you have the proper people in different aspects of it, that's when it becomes a full-fledged business. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. What um, surprised you the most about entrepreneurship? You know, I know you talked about the challenges you face, but what surprised you the most? I know you love the flexibility, but any surprises so far? Um, I surprised myself. I mean, some days I'm just going, 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 and then when I stop, I'm like, oh, my God, look how far I've, like, you've come, you know, you've come a long way. So I, I'm i proud of myself. I've done a lot of things that I didn't think I could do. So in that aspect, I'm really happy that I didn't give up. I'm really happy that I kept pushing forward. Um, another surprise is I I have a very good, like, I have a lot of good people around me. I've collaborated a lot, and I, that's one of my favorite things is to collaborate with other entrepreneurs or other businesswomen. I love the community that I now have with other entre- women entrepreneurs, other business, small business owners. It's nice to be able to speak to other people about what you're going through, it's also very nice to collaborate. When when I do a collaboration, it always benefits, like, everyone involved, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, not having the mindset of competing, but more so collaborating with other women and uplifting them and showcasing their work. I even have a highlight on my Instagram, which are my partners, like, partners that I work with, my uh, yoga instructor, my photographer, people who I collaborate with on certain events, so that part has been really nice to see and really satisfying to actually have good people around you, good business-minded people around you who you can count on, who you can refer business to, and vice versa, you know? So that has been really wonderful to see, is to see other women in the same space as you, working as hard as you, and kind of like um, promoting your business and uplifting you and giving you advice when you need it. So that has been yeah. really, really great. Yeah, I, I, I did notice that, like, on your Instagram. First of all, I love your Instagram. It makes me want to have a picnic every day. <laughs> um, but I know that you, you do a lot of Yeah, it's great. 
He's doing a lot of collaborations, and um, and it really, you're right. It's like washing your hands. Like each hand is being washed and benefiting from it. Um, so that's awesome. Um, how would you describe your business model? I know that you do picnics, and um, where do you see yourself diversifying your revenue streams going forward as an entrepreneur? So that's another that's another fun part. It's like once you're in the business now, I can see other ideas, like other things that I can do. I can develop other ideas that I had. That's kind of like that complements the picnics, right? So right. I do the picnics. I do. I specialize in outdoor events, but I also can do party rental. So that's mm. like an extension of my business. I do party rentals. I rent a lot of my items. I do photo shoot styling. So there's different. Um, avenues to the business now that I'm really excited about. And what I'm most excited about is that I think this is good. picnics are going to be here for forever. People love to to celebrate in a different way, you know, and people want to do like small gatherings. You know, they like the intimacy of small gatherings. So I would love to franchise the business in the future. I'm I'm working on that. Like, hopefully we could have a lovely Darlings picnic, Orlando, Tampa, Atlanta. So my goal is to franchise the business, give other women an opportunity to own something, right? Um, So I would love to work on that where I could have the – the company can grow even more, and there can be a, an, an even bigger team, and we could be in different cities. So I'm really, really excited about um, expanding it that way, and it's by having franchises. That's awesome. That that's And it becomes like a lifestyle business because you're right. There are so many different things. You're creating beautiful events for people. And beautiful- I didn't have the blueprint when I started. You know, I didn't have a blueprint. Mm-hmm. I, I did everything. I learned, I was learning as I go. I was Googling everything as I go. And now I, I have the blueprint, and I, I would love to sell it off and have people just, like, have now, they can now have the blueprint and start their own. So that's that's the goal. I love that. I love that. And, you know, I, I mean, you're right. There's something about actually doing something that the blueprint becomes clear to you. But it's not that you start working on it and start the business and start figuring out how it works and the industry works. That's where the ideas come from. It doesn't just come in a vacuum when you're not doing anything. Exactly. Exactly. It it really nurtures your mind to think more like a business person. Like, okay, like, for example, you know, my events, I get more events during the weekend, but... Either way, you know, I could – there's different things you can do, but it's because I'm in this position now I can think of other great business ideas and I can develop them better. You know, I don't have yeah. to start from scratch. You know, you already have an LLC. You already have a website. So now it just becomes like a natural extension of the business. Right. And yeah. you mentioned that um, you're a creative entrepreneur, and one of the challenges and – and I'm a creative type as well – and one of the challenges of being creative is that you are very multifaceted and you have a lot of ideas. But the beauty about having a business is that you may not be able to tackle that one I that those ten ideas at the beginning, but you can always branch off and it'll still make sense. Like what you said, you're doing um prop styling and you're also doing rental and now you might be doing a franchise. 
you're uh-huh. doing different ideas under the same umbrella, and you're able to tap into that creativity um, while doing that. Absolutely. I think even in the beginning, I was like, oh, what's wrong with me? I want to do so many different things, you know? Um, I think it's important, though, to really nurture that first idea first and make it successful, and then you can go on to the other ide- to the other ideas mm-hmm. that you have, you know? Um, when you're a creative person, I feel like our minds just work differently. Things just pop up, and we want to create. We want to do this. We want to try things differently. And I feel like, and like it's just not the norm because a lot of people, they just have like you know their traditional career. So when you come in, it can be a little bit intimidating at first, you know, to to really want to when you're entertaining a new idea. So I think it's best to really nourish that first idea first, like nourish that first idea, get it off the ground, and make it successful first, and then you can branch out to other ideas that you have. Yeah, and what I've learned to do, I just write things down. I'm like, I can't oh focus God. on that right now, but my, you should see my notes time. on my phone, right? <laughs> <laughs> maybe at a different time I can, but let me just focus what I'm doing now. And I think I'm in my 40s now. I've learned to do that because before I'm like, oh, I have to do this, I have to do that. And I'm okay yeah. with saying no to things. Like, okay, that's a great idea, but it's that's not true. right now. That's true. That's another thing. It's like, you know, you don't have to do it all. You know, that's another thing. It's like you do have to say no sometimes. Like, okay, you know what, that's cool, but maybe another time. Like, stay yeah. focused, stay consistent. You still need to, you know, you can have your idea, but you still need to be consistent. You seem, you still need to focus. So that's very important. But <laughs> I know that feeling. I get so many ideas. Even for my picnics, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, it's funny. I would do these. I was doing the picnics mostly for the couples and the birthdays, and out of nowhere, I was like, I should do a wellness picnic. I should do a self-care picnic. It just popped up in my head. From there, one in my phone, wrote down everything I had in my mind, right, all the ideas. I went on Pinterest. I created a board. A few months later, I created my first wellness picnic, and it was a success, you know? Yeah, so it's like you have as long as it's 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 within the brand and you feel like you are capable of delivering, then go for it. Yeah, and the great thing is that collaboration, like what you're doing, like it, you can collaborate with people as well, um, and it complements your brand as well, and you do that very well. So, um, you, you share, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you shared with me um, what's next for our lovely darlings picnic, which I'm very excited about that because as you we were talking, I was picturing lovely darlings picnic in Paris, lovely darlings right. picnic in Ghana. With that big, yeah, that would be so exciting. I, I feel like a lot awesome. of people, yeah, it would be it would be so cool to just have it in different places for more yeah. people to experience it. Yeah, and I have a fun question. I know you've created beautiful moments for people. Do you have any favorites? The wedding proposals are my favorites. Oh, my God. Like, that feeling of just, like, the die dropping down on one knee. It's special. It's so special. I've seen so many proposals now, and it's always a nice surprise. It's always a nice surprise. So those are my favorites. Those are, like, hands down my favorites. Yeah. Okay. Um, I can see that being an amazing experience because it never gets old. It's like the birth of a child. 
It never gets old. Oh my old. god. It never gets old. And you know, the yeah. the woman is like crying, they're looking at the ring, they're hugging. Mm. It's just so nice. And then they're like, Oh my god, and there's a picnic. It's 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 always so fun to watch. Yeah. How can listeners learn more about you and your company? Um, well, I always refer all my clients first to my Instagram because that's like the visual album. So they can see what I do there. From there, they can go on my website as well um, to learn more about what I do and who I am. Um, so, yeah, so basically my Instagram and my website. And they can always email me. I love doing um, custom picnics, special requests. They can in- email me infolovelydarlings at gmail.com if they have any questions. I'm always, always happy to to help and serve. Nice. Thank you so much. Now we are going into our rapid fire questions. Yay! <laughs> a great way for people to get to know a little bit about you. Sure. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Favorite dessert. Favorite dessert, chocolate cake. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, beach or mountains? Beach. What is your favorite aspect of living in South Florida? Um, hmm. You know what? I don't love the heat. A lot of people love the weather in Miami, and I do not yeah. like heat. I would say the beaches. I mean, we have a lot of beaches. We have the West Coast, the East Coast. Um, I would say the beaches are very nice. And I also love Orlando. I love Disney World. So it's great that we have Disney World in Florida. Yeah, it is. Um, Favorite book or movie? My favorite book is Eat, Pray, Love. I love that book. I love stories about women finding themselves. Yeah. Um, That was a really good book for me, Eat, Pray, Love by Elizabeth Gilbert. I highly recommend this book. Um, like finding your own path. I really like stories about women following their dreams and following their own path and going for it. So that's a great book. Favorite movies is between Coming to America and Moulin Rouge. I love those two movies. Oh, yeah. I love I love a good musical and Coming to America. Like I grew up watching it as a kid, and it just always gave me that feeling, that happy feeling. Oh yeah, it's like one yeah. of those movies that if it's on PBS, I just stop. You gotta watch, watch it. it. You gotta watch it. <laughs> you gotta watch it. I love that movie, and I would watch it with my parents. We watch it over and over and over and over again, and I still don't get tired of it. So coming to America. Yeah, yeah. yeah coming to America too. I I was kind of. I was disappointed. It didn't do it for me. I'm like, why would they do that? So many like, come on, why would they do that to this? It didn't deserve it. It didn't deserve what they did to it. Yeah, and it's like I always go back and forth with some of my friends and family. I'm like, okay, they're like, oh, uh-huh. that's good. I'm like, so how many times have you watched it since you watched it? It's like, no, it I mean, yeah, it wasn't good. I was not. I didn't like the storyline. Uh, it, it just, it didn't do it for me at all. Yeah, and I haven't watched it again. So I, it, it, versus coming to America number one, I watch it all the time. Right, right. All right, so I know you gave us a chock full of advice, um, but any particular advice would you give to an entrepreneur who's, like, sitting there listening 
to this podcast and like, gosh, I want to start my own business. I want to start my own business. Or they may have already started their own business and they're at the beginning stages. What advice would you give to them? Okay, so many advice. Oh, my God. Like, the first one is dreams don't work unless you do, right? We all have these dreams. Like, I feel like a lot of people, they don't nurture their dreams and when it comes to you following your dream, it, you have to have actions to back it up, you know. <laughs> it's not going to happen, like, overnight. I just want to say to people who have these ideas, have these dreams, like you have this little nudge, you have this gut feeling like you're meant to be, you're, you're meant to do something else, you can follow your gut instinct, but you need to be consistent. You need to work hard. You need to, to take action. And I I really believe that you it could can like your dream can come come true like your dream will come true, but you just have to keep at it. You have to be consistent at it, um, in order for it to come true to come to fruition. Perfect. And the last question, which I ask all of my guests, if you can spend mm-hmm. an afternoon on a veranda with <laughs> someone living or deceased, who would it be? Oh, wow, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Well, I'm going to choose someone living, and I would say my siblings. and They're my best friends, and we have the best Aww. time. Honestly, like, I have the best time with my siblings. We we laugh so much. We laugh so hard. So I'm, I'm going to go back to who I enjoy, like, the, the, the person I enjoy the company the most, and that would be my sister and my brother. So I would say my siblings. Oh, and my prayer for myself is that my children will say the same thing when they get older. Oh, really? Yeah. I do. I have four siblings, and, you know, I love uh, being around them. I, you know, I love their company. But when you have children, you really do pray that they are close, yeah. you know, right. older. Yeah. But yeah. that's, that's such a beautiful thing that you just said. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's yeah. It's the truth. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, is there anything else you want to leave with the listeners about your company at all? No, I think we covered it all. I I want to thank you for having me on. I think this is such a great platform for women entrepreneurs. I think I hope there's there's more of us coming out. I hope I, I, Oh, there is one thing that I do want to say. Like, yeah. I felt like back in the day, right, like, it was expected of people to just have, like, one job. Like, one job, one career, you're good at one thing. No longer. You are allowed to be good at multiple things. You are allowed to have multiple streams of incomes. You're allowed to have multiple businesses. You know, the days of just you doing one thing, I feel like those days are over, you know. You can have, you know, side gigs. You can have multiple gigs. We 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 don't have to be conformed to just doing one thing any longer. We can definitely try out different things. We can we can have multiple interests, multiple passion, and multiple jobs if that's what your heart desires. So I really want to push that because I feel like sometimes we feel guilty. We're like, oh, you know, we can't be doing two things. No, you you can have you can have multiple things going for you. You know? Yeah. And I, I love that people are embracing that. And it's not Yeah, really they're embracing that more than ever. Yeah, yeah, you could have your full time job, still have your side gig and still be an investor and be a tutor and do 
and have different hustles if that is what you want. You don't just have to have that one career going on for you. Yeah, and when you think about it, I'm mm-hmm. going to go on a tangent, but when you think about it, a lot of entrepreneurs that we admire and love, they are their hands yeah. are in a lot of different boxes. Oprah Winfrey's a prime example. She's a movie producer. She um has she's a publisher. She oh. owns a school. Like she has a lot of things going on. Oh, I'm so sorry. Who did you mention? Who did you uh, say? What? Oprah. Oprah. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I really am rooting for all the women entrepreneurs to just do their thing and to be successful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Joanne. Thank you so much for having me on.